Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. But today on the show, we are continuing a special episode series for the end of the decade, not doing the thing that we usually do on the show, but instead looking back at the last 10 years in film, and we are today looking at film scores. Those of you who listen to the show regularly should know by now that Composing music for film is my main thing. That's what I've done for the last decade of my life. It's the career path I've been following, only to be uh, upended by becoming a podcaster and dedicating all of my time to this podcast and the other two podcasts that I produce. But uh, I am a film music composer, and so this list is a big deal for me, and it was really, really fun to put together. It was also great to get my buddy TJ Cross back on the show. He hasn't been on in a while, but he he also is a film music composer, and uh, we talk about you know music and composing and all that kind of stuff all the time. So it was great to have him uh, be able to be on this episode with me and talk about these scores. So uh, we've got a great conversation coming up for you. I want to remind you, as always, make sure to subscribe to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Podchaser. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And, uh, you know, check out our website, PiecingPod.com. That's a great thing to do, too. So, uh Without any further ado, I'm really excited for this conversation, so let's just jump right into it. Our picks for the top 10 film scores of this decade. All right, so back with us today. It's been a long, long time, but my buddy TJ Cross is here with us. How's it going, TJ? How's it going, buddy? Good. I'm, I'm really excited to do this. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about film scores, and the both of us have... Uh, we, we're, we're, we're film music composers, aren't we? Uh, former. I'm a former, but yeah. you're, you're still rocking it, right? I'm, I'm still, I'm still in it, but I mean, I guess I, most of my time is podcasting. I, I'm a podcaster that also, uh, does this still, yeah, but... Um... I'm a recovering film composer who now takes photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's probably a smart thing, I think. Uh, but this is going to be fun. We're going to talk about our favorite film scores of the decade. And I, I was thinking while we were putting this together, other than the last couple of weeks of going back and forth planning this thing, 
Do we talk? We talk about we talk like like teenage girls on on Google Hangouts like constantly all day long texting each other. But do we talk about film scores regularly? Never. Never. We talk about movies and games and like pop culture, but I don't think we ever actually talk about film. We'll we'll talk about it like when we watch a movie. We'll be like, oh yeah, that score is good, but we don't really like go into it. Yeah, and and it was funny like researching for this because I'll just tell the people listening at home I did more research for this episode than I ever do in a regular episode of piecing it together, which is so ridiculous. But uh, I listened to way more film scores yeah. over the last few weeks than I ever 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 listened to, and I love film scores, but I usually don't listen to them that much outside of the actual movies and really enjoying them in the you know in in the movie. Not to get to carriage in front of the horse too much, but did you notice like trends? I noticed a lot of trends. Sure. It was kind of weird. Sometimes I was like, I couldn't tell like individual scores from one another. I couldn't tell like individual composers. It's you definitely like going from 2010 to 2019. You can definitely yeah. see like a trend line, right? Yeah, and it's, it's absolutely absolutely true. And and it's funny because I part of the time while researching for this, I was listening to full scores like you know through the whole thing. Part of the time I was listening to like a playlist I made on shuffle. And definitely, I would not know what one I was on when it would shuffle to one score. I'd be like, I, I don't have any clue what movie this is from. But yeah, it's true. There's trends that happen all the time. I'm excited, though, because it was really fun. I mean, I also went in for like two weeks. I listened to nothing day in and day out, all these scores. And I was just like, it was just really, it was a fun project. I'm really excited to hear what your top 10 is. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, so we're we're gonna do top ten back and forth, classic top ten list style, and then at the end we'll jump into some honorable mentions. Uh, so let's start with your number ten, the Reverend. Ryuchi Sakamoto and Alsva Noto, I think, from there 2015. Yeah. There's a lot, one, of, a lot of foreign names on this list. We're going to butcher all over totally the place. totally going to butcher it. And, yeah. and um, really just want to like note, we didn't really have a hard and fast rule here, but basically I think it was either can I listen to it as just like an album or what did it do for the film? And obviously mm. the reverence of I think it's a fantastic film and there's a lot of silence, and I think it's pretty impressive what they did musically with that with that film. So that's why I give it my number ten. Awesome, yeah, definitely great score. It is not one though that I went back to while doing these last couple of weeks of re-listening. Although it was one on my mind as one I probably should go back to because it, it, I remember when the movie came out, I was like, oh yeah, this is great, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you're bringing it up. Definitely a good one to keep on the list. And uh, you know what? One other note before I move to my number 10, uh, you just said about rules or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that one thing that will disqualify a score from our top 10 list is if it's using pre-existing themes. Yeah. Um, for, originated by another composer, kind of much like uh, I believe the Academy has that rule as well for the Oscars. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so that's one thing to keep in mind, everybody listening at home. Uh, so, okay, my number 10, this one, uh, probably not on a lot of top 10 lists of, of film scores, but it's one that uh, always stood out to me. And I, I happened to remember as I was going through some of the, the movies that came out in this decade, it is uh, Mud. From director Jeff Nichols, uh, scored by David Wingo and with with uh, songs, instrumental songs by the Dirty Three. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I love like a good, like, like rootsy Americana, you know, guitar based score. And this is for that kind of a sound. I think my favorite one of this decade, interestingly enough, it happens a lot more in TV now, I think, than it does in movies. Like you get stuff like Breaking Bad and the, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, but this one just really cool. Uh, man, there's a track on here called Tom Blankenship that is just oh my god it's so cool and it's just you know just that really dirty Americana kind of sound and and uh yeah I love it so and really underseen movie I think it's such a good movie I love Jeff Nichols so all of this research and can I tell you I don't think I listen to much <laughs> yeah no I, I'm I telling to you so I don't, much I don't music. think people I don't think people think about that movie much. So, yeah, I, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. So. That's interesting. All well, right. What do you got for number nine? So, I don't know if this one's going to shock you or not, whether it's high up on the list or even on my list at all, but A Ghost Story by Daniel Hart. Twenty seventeen movie. I love the movie. I think the movie didn't get enough viewership because I think people were confused what the movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, this is one of those scores where it was kind of gritty and dark and like uh, instrumental in the sense that like you can hear when the bow hits the string and it's just like rough and grinding. And I, and I really, really loved it. And I think it really um, elevated the film a lot. Again, not a score I can actually listen to like on a Spotify list. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that I think helped move the story forward for the film. So yeah, Ghost Story by Daniel Hart, 2017. Spoiler alert, but it is in my top five. We'll get yes. to it when we get up to it. But yeah, yes. it is he has taste. fantastic score. And uh, you, you just said about listening to it on a Spotify playlist. Um, I had this incredibly dark, melancholy music playing while I was at the gym many times over the last couple of weeks, which oh is so God. weird. <laughs> How does that inspire you to like I know. get your cardio up? <laughs> so weird. But yeah, fantastic. And uh, I'll talk about it a little more later on in the list. Nice. Um, Where are you at? Number nine. Number nine is Emily Moseri's The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is the newest score on my list. That's from this year, 2019. It's just a, a, just a beautiful melancholy score that it really um this is one of the most uh the scores that bring me back to the feeling of the movie when i'm listening to it separately like i i completely am just transported back to the movie's feeling and just that again not to use the word melancholy too much but i mean it just fits so perfectly the whole and list is going to be melancholy watch yeah i know there's so <laughs> many of that so many films with that that are going to be on this but uh but yeah no fantastic and then uh also just that that cover of uh you know san francisco it, it, that's kind of the centerpiece of it is just so freaking beautiful i i love this score nice wasn't on my list not an honorable mention but i actually no, do right. appreciate the score so awesome. uh nice nice choice Beautiful. What do you got uh, up next? Our tastes are so different. So um, <laughs> because I like to walk around the streets of New York depressed and hating my life, 
Mm -hmm. Um, I need that inspiration. And this is the only one where you're probably going to go, okay, well, I expected one of these on here. Well, maybe two. Um, It's a John Williams score from 2011. It's War Horse. I think it's probably, in my opinion, his last, uh, for lack of a better term, great score. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a little baby. I'm the person who sits in his room listening to, like, soundtracks and dreams of a better life and cries himself to sleep. <laughs> so, War Horse does it for me because it's got that old Americana. Uh, you Trust me, if you watch any trailers for any movie, you've heard this score a billion times because yeah. they use it in trailer music all the time. Definitely. Um, so, so John Williams, War Horse. It's the only John Williams score on here um, for the last decade. Got to give him a shout out. And uh, that's it. War Horse. Awesome. Great pick. Um, I actually, I forgot that was this decade, but it certainly was. And that happened a lot, right? Did you, yeah. you notice when you're researching, I was like, wow. First of all, I think we were talking on uh, Hangouts a few weeks ago, and I kept calling out films that were like from yeah. 2001 and two, and I'm like, wow, it's so hard to measure time anymore the older you get. I know. the Decades are strange things. It's happening a lot in all of the little end of decade lists I'm making. I'm like, wow, that was this decade? I'm like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my number eight, uh, following up Last Black Man in San Francisco with another A24 film, um, it's uh, the weirdest score on my list, I think. It's Swiss Army Man from 2016. Oh. <laughs> Andy Hull and Robert McDowell. Um, it's just this bizarre acapella score. Yeah. All the instruments are done with people's voices. And, it's fantastic. And it's so crazy. It's so good. And, uh, I love it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's so much. It's so perfect in the way that it evokes the you know the the mind state of this guy lost you know stuck on the island with his dead body. And I mean, it's just uh, it, it's it's great. It's so weird and it's so strangely beautiful. You know, so supportive of the film too. Like that film is so so bizarre. Yes, and it just it fits perfect. I hundred percent agree with you. Not on my list, but I hundred percent agree with you. It's a fantastic score. And I love Paul Dano singing um, when, when he's saying crazy. That's Paul Dano. Fucking cra- It is him singing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Rules. <laughs> well, what do you got uh, next? Number seven. So I'm curious, um, how many Academy Award winning scores did you actually pick in your top 10? Do you have a couple or none? I think one, actually. Okay. Maybe two. Maybe All two. Right. I didn't double check that some of them you know, might have won and I forgot, but at least one. So I have two. This is one okay. of them. Number seven. Um, this one might shock you, might not. La La Land by Justin Hurwitz. Won the Academy Award in 2016. What I've noticed as I was doing some research is I, I mean, we don't have to get into the how the Academy Awards, I, I'm pretty sure the Academy Award listeners listen like two minutes of music and they're like, yeah, that's the best film. So it gets the best score. Right. Um, but this one, I mean, it's just fantastic. If you, it depends on what you think of La La Land. I right, personally right. love La La Land and I think this score is just dead on. And I can also listen to this on my Spotify list. 
literally mm-hmm. makes you want to go out and dance. Uh, dream of old Hollywood. Love it. It's fantastic. It's very classic. It's jazzy. It's awesome. The piano. So I tend to not actually anymore. When I was younger, I used to love piano-based scores. Um, and this has a lot of instrumental, but it's very heavy on the piano. But for whatever reason, this one, it grabs me. I love it. It gets the feel perfect. It's just a fantastic score. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It, whether or not you like that score definitely hinges on whether or not you like La La Land. 100%. And uh, some, some people just really hate that movie. I think it's great, too. And I think it's definitely a great score. It's my favorite Justin Horowitz score. I, I like it a lot more than, the, like, uh, First Man and yeah, stuff First like Man, that. yeah. And, and but, you know, as you do these lists, Dave, I'm sure you looked at, like, I did. I was like, what are other people saying are top 20, top 25 of the decade? Sure. Yeah. Um, and first man popped up all over the place and I didn't get it. I was like, I think I, don't you were, I agree with you hundred percent. This is a much better work than yeah. first man. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, my number seven is Bear McCreary's 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. Bear He's <laughs> the man. I love he Bear rules. McCreary. Great he score. Rules. I, I love this score. It's just total like old school sounding. Like it's so mysterious. It it at times it almost feels like a like one of those like eighties blockbuster type mm-hmm. movies yeah. that we love. And it, you know, it evokes a little bit of a little bit of Danny Elfman at times. And and it's just like it's so great at, at keeping that mystery going. And it kind of it's so playful at times that it almost kind of adds to like the um, like the nervous dark comedy underneath it all you know and it's like i i just i love this score it's uh it's definitely one of the ones i've listened to the most since it came out um as far as when i do listen to scores it's also a fantastic movie oh yeah (laughs) what a performance yeah definitely definitely and and then uh and and one last thing about it is it's it's a score that starts out the first track is like probably my favorite track on it but from there it just keeps getting better almost (laughs) from there it's like it's definitely a score that really progresses and just you really feel it as it's going through bear mccreary needs more work and film he does a lot of tv work i mean he's he's well well off composer but i think he's underrated i think people ignore him too much i think he's fantastic absolutely absolutely so we're up to number six what do you got all right this one um so this movie just first of all the movie it's associated with i love um, it came out in 2018. I'm shocked that when I saw the movie originally, I didn't really pick up on the score, which should be like a red flag. But mm-hmm. I listened to the score on, uh, I think, YouTube. I think I just liked, like original scores on YouTube and loved it. Rewatched the film to, to double check to see if like did I have a problem with the score to the film. And I didn't. I just missed it. It's fantastic. If Beale Street Could Talk by Nicholas Brittle, 2018. Uh, 
that score is just amazing to me. Um, I, there's there's scores that are character driven, and there are scores that are um, atmospheric driven, and it's rare to find some scores that are melodic that are still based on atmosphere and that's what Mm -hmm. he does with this movie and i think he just he just soaks it up i love it i think it's fantastic it's my number six beautiful another one that's going to be in my top five so good 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 i love that we're aligning nice yeah nicholas brittle is definitely like one of my favorite composers working right now i mean just absolutely beautiful the stuff he does and uh yeah, that that film is beautiful, and that score is just absolutely fantastic. It was my favorite of 2018 when it came out. Nice. Yeah. All right, you're number six. Number six. You knew that this was going to be on my list, I'm okay. sure. Um, and that is Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's The Social Network. I'm shocked it's not number one for you. I, I figured Actually, you thought it would Actually, blown be. my mind that it's this far down the list. Right? Wow. I know. You yeah. went, I remember when that film came out, you, first of all, you went, you went like nuts about the score. I do remember having mm-hmm. conversations. First of all, do you remember what year Social Network was? I can't remember. 2010. It was right at the beginning. Right. Of, okay. This is why yeah. you loved this score. I'm shocked that it's fallen down so far for you. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know why that is necessarily, but I mean, it... The Social Network, I think maybe if I had rewatched it a bunch of times over these last, you know, 10 years, maybe the score would be even higher up on my list. But and then also another thing is I kind of feel about this score a lot like last decade with uh, Hans Zimmer and The Dark Knight, how as a composer... This has become the thing that everybody's like, can you just do hand covers, Bruce? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. so that's kind of annoying a little bit. And maybe that brings it down a little bit as well. Because, um, I mean, I think this is uh, honestly the most influential score on the list. I mean, this, this is... This is the sound of, of this decade, is the, what they created with this score. 100%. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's fantastic, though. Going back to re-listen to it, it's been a while since I listened to it. And uh, I mean, it is it's it is as great as it was back then. And it, it works so well in the movie. And it also is one of the best Nine Inch Nails albums, basically. <laughs> like, if you just take it as it is, it just happens to be instrumental. You interesting, know? interesting. Yeah, I, 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 it, it totally changed the... the the, the, line, the trend line for music for this decade, 100%. It was super influential. I think people think more about the guitar tracks, but really what he did with, and I don't mean this as a, as a knock, I really mean this mm-hmm. as a positive, what he did with like moody pads. And sure. like, like he, he reinvented like, because you know, uh, before this, when people used any sort of pad or any sort of just basic tone, it was just, that's what it was. But he, he really, and I don't know if it's more trend or Atticus, but th- what they were able to to get out of that is is amazing. I I, I have the reason, unfortunately, is it's it's a victim of its own success to me. The reason it's not it's not on my top ten, mm. um, but I do mention it. Uh, but I think it's a victim of its own success to where 
everything ended up being what that was. And I don't think that's very fair to, to them, but unfortunately it affected me and my listening to music. Exactly. Um, and I was just like, I just can't anymore. And that's probably not fair, but th- you can't deny how influential that score is and how perfect that score worked for that film. It's also uh, pretty damn inspiring for someone like me who, you know, wants to do film music, but is also, you know, at his core, an electronic music composer. And right. so it's pretty awesome that that score took off the way it did uh, for, for me and my career, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So uh, we are into our top five. What do you yeah. got for number five? All right. So these scores end up being the ones that are on my Spotify or are on my playlist or whatever I use these days. I think I still use Google Music, believe it or not. <laughs> whatever I listen to. Um, this is what happens when you get old. I make Dave talk on uh, Hangouts, which he hates every day. He tells me he He's can't stand that I make him use Hangouts. Such a pain in the ass. Yep. So you <laughs> might not know this score. You might not even know this film. Mm. Um we're going to get some some female love in here. I think she's the only one on here. Rachel Portman's Good. Belle. You know the movie Belle from 2013? I, I remember it. I don't think I ever saw it, though. Yeah, I mean, it didn't do well at all. I mean, maybe it did well overseas. It didn't do that well here. Um, and this wasn't nominated for anything. It is a classic. If you know anything about what I like, TJ Cross music, it is the mellow, the melodramatic love themes. It's the, it's the, the, the epic old style John Williams type of score that Rachel, Rachel Portman has written some amazing scores that I think get overlooked. Talk a lot. Like she's, she's written some Mm -hmm. amazing stuff. Um, and this just, I mean, you know, Dave's a cold hearted SOB, but if you have a heart. You're, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna tear up with Belle, man. She writes some amazing music. So number five on my playlist, Belle. Awesome. I yeah. I you know that's something that really kind of annoyed me as I was making my list. I was like, <laughs> God damn it, I don't have any female composers. Like, h- how is that possible? Because like, there's not many. I, I think she's the only one who's super successful. To be I know. Frank. I I, yeah. I was almost gonna squeeze Joker in here just 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 uh, to, just get to one. be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> And I did love the Joker score, but I mean, uh, yeah, no, but yeah, no, I haven't uh, heard the Bell score, but I should go give it a listen one of these days. Uh, Where you my, at, number five. Yeah, my number five, one that we've already talked about, A Ghost Story, uh, nice. Daniel Hart. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the only other thing I want to add to that is um, the song that Casey Affleck's character sings in the movie. Oh, so, awesome, awesome oh, song. God. So, <laughs> so good. good. And the way that it's perfectly just meshed into the score, even though the score is so freaking dark, like the rest of the time, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Perfect. Let's jump into your number four. I love this score. And I think he's probably, you know, they say John Williams is the Beethoven. If if John Williams is the Beethoven, this man is the Mozart, the Chopin, Morcones, the Hateful Eight. That score, dude, is just butter. It's so Hell good. Yeah. The hateful. I mean, that's just a fun, great, gritty, old school score. It's so good. I, there's nothing else I could say except it's that spaghetti western amplified by ten. Love the score. <laughs> it's amazing that he can write that like Americana sound so well, since he's you know not from here. He's Italian, right? Right. Um, it's just you know I think in uh 
when because Morcom wasn't going to travel over here for I forget what award uh, it won the Academy Award by the way I think it was the Academy Award when yeah. Tarantino Tarantino came up for the the acceptance and he like basically bashed every film composer he's like this is one of my favorite composers not one of these and this is not verbatim but not one of these just film composers he says it like the only way Tarantino can say it right like just totally disgusting with film composers like this is this is the the Beethoven or Mozart of of our time you know and and, and he's it's disgusting that you guys haven't given him awards in the past blah 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 but of course I could he makes some sort of statement like of course I could create the movie that's the perfect recipe for his sauce or some whatever only Tarantino can do he's but anyway so Ridiculous, it's ridiculous it's so good the hate oh yeah tarantino's the man um the hateful eight <laughs> it's just i mean it's awesome that's the end yeah absolutely i thought about having it on my list i did not include it but uh fantastic score absolutely um love it and i love that movie as well nice um number four for me uh is if Beale Street could talk, which we oh, good. Nice. already talked about, but yeah, uh, just just a absolutely beautiful score. Um, the the cut um, agape is uh, you know with those fluttering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so beautiful. that's the track um, from that that score for sure. Yeah, yeah so damn good. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I uh, really have much else to say other than how beautiful that damn score is. Um, why don't we get into our top three? What's your number three? This one might shock you, or maybe it won't. Okay. I don't think it's going to be on your list. I mean, I, yeah, we're in the top three. I don't think this is in your top three. But okay. I can't believe, speaking of this decade, there have been a couple composers who have had an amazing decade. Uh, Des Platt <laughs> being yes. one of them. I'm shocked. I don't think we've named one score of his yet, right? Right. Um, he's only on here once. He's made like 100 scores this decade. Um, the Tree of Life. For, do you remember that movie from 2011? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I don't know how I necessarily feel about the film itself. That's a different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that score is just, I mean, it's a beautiful film, right? It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful score. And there's really not much else to say except it's a beautiful score. And that's why yeah. it's in my top three. Absolutely. Uh, I... I have not heard that one in a long time since I saw the movie in the theater. I did not go back and listen to it, but I do love Desplat, and he will be—he'll uh, be represented on my list a oh, little, little higher up. So nice, nice. All right, yeah. So top three. Wow, here we go. Um, I I believe that this is uh, one of your favorite composers, Michael Giacchino. Not really, right. but okay. No? Okay. No. okay. Well, what score? Oh, my, it's the one you've been telling me about. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> Go ahead. It is 2017's 15. War for the Planet of the Apes. Is in my mind one of the best blockbuster type, you know, adventure action movies of the decade, and one of the best scores of the decade. It's uh, the the movie itself. Part you know you of what cheated, makes it so right? great. You know why am I cheating? Because there are themes from previous Planet of the Apes. Okay, that he did not score that are in that film. Just FYI, because just want to say this: this would have uh-huh. been in my top ten if that wasn't the case. I thought we agreed, buddy. 
Uh, we did agree, and I looked it. I, I looked it up, and I thought that he didn't actually go to any of the themes. He only went to some of the, uh, like the instrument choices, like to to evoke some of the original themes. But from what I was reading, I really? thought he didn't actually use the oh. themes. Hmm. Yeah, we'll look that up. So, okay, okay. Well, in that case, that would have just FYI, that would have some something. It would have been in my top ten. I 100 okay. percent agree with you. It's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully I'm right about that. But that that's what I got from my little bit of uh, googling. But um, but yeah, he didn't. As far as I know, he didn't actually use any of the themes. It's just he's using the same instrument choices that okay. like evoke that same feeling. Uh, but yeah, this score just oh my god, it's so freaking big. <laughs> And oh my God, it's so beautiful. And you know, he gets, you're saying about Morricone, like some of that like spaghetti Western sound, but then it goes into big classic orchestral film scores. And uh, it's just fantastic. And just as surprising of a score as the movie is surprising of a blockbuster, because it is so unlike any other. I mean, it's a fantastic film. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a fantastic film. It, it's so just unlike anything else. And I mean, big stretches of, of just, uh, you know, subtitled, like in a big blockbuster, like what? And yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then being a Western and all, and, and uh, it, it surprises as much as the film itself does. When I listen to that score, it's funny. You're a huge fan of uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, right? That's, sure. Yeah, yeah. You love that. I always think, I was like, man, if he would have scored, I mean, there was a lot of, crazy stuff that happened with that score that I think the what's his face had to score it in like two weeks. But, but yeah, yeah. I always listen to <clears throat> the planet of the apes score and I'm like, I'm sorry, war for right. War for the planet of the apes. Right. 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 Um, and I'm like, that's what I wish that Kong score to been. but it's, it's an amazing, it's, I a hundred percent agree with you. It, it's incredible. Awesome. Awesome. All right. What's number two for you? So I think if there was a replacement for John Williams, it's this man. Most people assumed in in the past that your boy from the previous selection, you mm-hmm. know, would have been like the replacement for Williams. But I think John Powell is the actual John Williams replacement, and it's How to Train Your Dragon. nominated in 2010 for an academy award it lost out um but it's very rare except for maybe a random disney film here and there to win an academy award or even be nominated um it is pure 1980s john williams orchestral let's go for a ride it's fun it's big it's epic the themes are gorgeous it's romantic i mean it, it, i listen to the score probably at least once or twice a week for the past nine years I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really in love with the score. So How to Train Your Dragon, John Powell, it's, it's everything I wish I could have been as a composer. He's, it's, it's incredible. I, I thought it was going to be your number one, quite frankly. Oh, you um, knew that was going to, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> My number I, one's going to blow your mind. <laughs> I, I know how much you love that. And so, yeah. But um, yeah, I actually went, and even though I've only seen the third How to Train Your Dragon movie, uh, I never saw the first two, but I actually went and listened to the score just because I know how much you love it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> so, so where are you at at number two, buddy? Number two is the electronic score that beat... Uh, the social network for me. And uh, for a while, until I went back and started re-listening to all this stuff, um, I, I had it at number one for quite a while. Huh? It is Ben Salisbury Uh-oh. and Joff Barrow's 2014 score for Ex Machina.
movie. Such a good movie. Uh, when that score goes beautiful, it is beautiful. When it goes freaking horrifying, it just makes your skin crawl. <sighs> and, um, you know, you just said every, John Palby and everything you wanted to be as a composer. Uh, this score is what I wish I had the opportunity to do. Something like this. Like, this is yeah, what I feel house. my yeah. ultimate score would be like. You know what I I'm, mean? I'm actually and, ashamed of myself yeah. for not thinking of that film. I, that's a fantastic film, and I that's another one I didn't actually listen to. I'm, yeah. I do remember watching that film, though, thinking, man, this score, like, really does, you know, the point of a score is to underscore a scene. It really does, yes. like, support how freaking crazy of a film that is oh yeah so good absolutely i love that movie and i love that score uh so we're in our number one i i'm really i i am not sure what it's gonna be but for you but uh, do you have any guesses just like randomly any guesses oh man I, I don't know i really don't know i am probably one of the only people on the planet who actually one loves this movie mm-hmm. um but two this score it's funny because, you know, I'm not, so I think, you know, again, these are opinion, personal favorites, right? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I think there can be many arguments that say, how the heck can you put this at number one? All right, I'm sure. building this up a little bit because, <laughs> you know, it really is about what it means to you. And it's really based off of one theme, one melody, one melodic tune that's kind of spread throughout the entire 36 hours that long this film is. Oh. Um, <laughs> Tom, Tom Tykwer. <laughs> Johnny Klemek and Renold Hale, I think I'm saying that right, 2012's Cloud Atlas. Yeah, you probably weren't expecting that, right? I was not expecting that, and I don't even—I never saw the movie, and I don't know the score. You never saw Cloud Atlas. I never saw Cloud Atlas. No, I missed. This it is the problem. Everyone, then, no one really liked this film, and it. Yeah. You know, I loved this film. Um, it's a beautiful. I, I urge you. I challenge you to watch this film. Seriously, I think okay. you'll find. I think it's one of those films that also ages well. I think it wasn't very mm. good in 2012. Watch it again. It just gets better and better. I. It perform- anyway, the score, man. Let me tell you, I listen to this every single day of my life. I've listened to this every single day since 2012. Every single day. Um, it is beautiful, evoking. Um, it's the, as a composer, it's the melody I wish I could have written. It's just, it's gorgeous. I am head over heels in love with it. It's probably my favorite score in the past 20 years. Mm. So uh, Cloud Atlas, man, check it out. It's fantastic. Well, now I feel like I have homework. I need to. I need to watch it and hear the score because I'm. I'm very curious for sure. Can, can I take a guess at your number one? Sure. Inception. No. The Handmaiden. No. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Bu- Hotel Budapest. Yes. I knew it because I knew the director. <laughs> I knew if there was going to be a score, <laughs> that had to be it. Sorry. You said, I said Desplat was going to be later in my list. So. Uh.
this score, it, you were just saying that you know uh, that you hum that that melody or whatever for, yeah. from uh, from uh, uh, Cloud Atlas. I, I I walk around humming the Grand Budapest Hotel music all the time. I this music is so much fun. It, it's just I, I love it. It's so different from anything that I normally you know. Yeah, would man, be this into. is outside of what you I would expect you to listen to. That's crazy. Yeah, and I it was not at the top of my list. It was probably in my top ten, but it wasn't at the top of my list until I went back and started listening to it over these last couple of weeks and realizing I've been singing this like like I sing <laughs> sing to my dogs like you know and I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just sing to little melodies. I've been singing this music all decade long. Like this music is so ingrained in my head. Like. I love this score so much. It's also my favorite uh, Wes Anderson of this decade, you know. Um, but it is such a fun score. The um, there's a recurring theme that uh, comes between three of the tracks: uh, "Daylight Express to Lutz," "Night Train to Nezelbled," and "The Cold Blooded Murder of Deputy Vilmos." Kovacs. I wrote all that down. Nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's like a recurring thing that goes between the three that is so awesome. And in each one, they change up the instrumentation but keep the melody. And it's just so fun. And I remember watching it and just each time that that melody would come back, but it would be like done in a little bit different way, I would just have this big dumb grin on my face. <laughs> you know I mean? It's a fantastic like, oh, score. Here it comes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's so different. I mean, it's perfect Wes Anderson score. But it's yeah, it's absolutely. different than, than than a lot of scores out there. Hundred percent. It's it's fantastic. Um, um, spoiler. It's in my honorable mentions. Hell so, yeah! Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's jump into some of those honorable mentions. Uh, so so you got this one in there. Yeah, that's my. We'll we'll just go back and forth. That's one of my honorable mentions. What's one of yours? Okay. Well, my first honorable mention. This is the the biggest one because honestly, if it wasn't for the whole. Uh, rule we had about uh, existing themes it probably would have been my number one uh, on the list and that is Lauren Balfe's Mission Impossible Fallout score <laughs> that's so good this would have been in my, my top 10 as well yeah it's my favorite score of the decade honestly like everything else push it to number two on down to 11 I guess but uh, it, it's so freaking good it's just disqualified because of that classic uh, theme Lelo Schifrin but um, it, it's so freaking good I love that score I got one for you that I thought was interesting in my research and that mm. is Hans Zimmer's Inception, because yeah. I, man, for those, I mean, I, I, I unfortunately didn't write down the year. Inception's like 2011, I think, maybe I'm That wrong. sounds about right. So yeah. I remember like time was like, you know, time was the big track from there, right? Oh, um, hell yeah. And that they big, to use one of your words, melancholy piano thing that builds up and it just gets epic and you just want to freaking like, you know, blow stuff up. But um, I watched the movie, dude, like about like maybe six months ago mm -hmm. uh just because my wife and I, my wife never well, we wanted to rewatch it together and the score did not here's what's interesting the album is amazing but when you listen to the score with the movie it mm -hmm. kind of it's the i think nolan made some edits or something it just doesn't work it's really yeah. weird i don't know how to explain it but it's really weird it does not support the film the way the album does as just a single listen so um i had to bump it i still think it's zimmer is probably one of his best works ever um, yeah. but in the inception scores on my honorable mentions. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, my next honorable mention, I'm going to just put two together. I felt so bad for not having this guy in my top 10 because he's one of my favorites. And of course we lost him this decade. Johan Johansson's Sicario and Mandy. Oh, yeah. 
he was so freaking good. And he honestly, Sicario would probably be the next one on my list, like 11. Um, and then Mandy would be somewhere in my top 20, but, uh, the beast from Sicario is probably like the single best cue uh, of the decade, you know what I mean? It's just so fucking crazy good. It's really uh, sad that we I lost him because he was really on the up and up. He was yeah. starting to pump him out like crazy. He was—he's oh, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give you my last one on my honorable mention. Um, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna give one and then one more real quick. Uh, Life of oh. Pi, Michael Donna. Uh, it actually mm. won the Academy Award. Yeah, um, that's right. I I think it's beautiful. It's a kind of a hard listen as a solo album. Um, but I I actually want to few people I think who actually really liked Life of Pi. I've actually read the book. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the film was an amazing accomplishment considering that book is like one of those books you don't think you can, like Lord of the Rings was, like you don't right, think you can make it a movie. Right. Um, and his score was perfectly supportive. And just want to throw this in here. Um, I didn't see, I haven't seen the movie. I think you may have. The Handmaiden? I've never uh, seen it. No, okay. I, I know a, a lot of raves about it. So but... it was on all, like it was literally on everyone's top 10 list of the decade. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a listen. Um, because I didn't see the film, I didn't think it was fair to just be like, oh, well, this is on someone's top 10. I'm going to put it in mine. Um, but I did listen to the score, and it sounds really interesting. Joe Young Wook, I believe his name is. Um, so The Handmaiden is my other one. Awesome. Uh, I got a couple more. Um, first up, Mad Max Fury Road, Junkie XL. <laughs> oh my. Listen, there's a one guitar riff in there that is the greatest guitar riff ever. It's when that guy <laughs> is literally jamming on the car going 150 miles an hour Hell on that yeah. one. It's amazing. I, I agree with you. It's fantastic. So, so, such a cool, awesome, heavy score. Um, and then I, I noticed we didn't have any superhero movies on, on our list. Uh, so I just wanted to, not really the full scores, but um, the main themes from Man of Steel and Wonder Woman uh, were both awesome. And also the main Avengers theme from uh, Alan Silvestri. Uh, which I'm not sure if how far back that dates, but um, I think it made a lot. I think it's 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His main theme is the only theme out of all the Marvel superhero movies that actually right. sticks out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And then uh, lastly, I'll just really quickly blaze through them. I won't even describe them, but just uh, other scores that I listened to in preparation. Um, that I listened to a bunch, but ended up not putting on my list. Uh, it follows Good Time, Apollo 11, Anomalisa, Aquaman, and Eighth Grade. So. I'd add The Arrival. Did you listen to any of The Arrival stuff? I did not. No, that would have been a good it's one not to on go there because it's, it's depressing and dark and yeah. deep and <laughs> sounds like something you know Dave would love. Um, That's true. The Arrival, and I'll that. also add Jane Eyre. Um, the new one okay. was a romantic score, but, it, you know, didn't make nice. my list. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, this was uh, freaking awesome. This, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I yeah, love this talking was fun. about these. I loved researching it. I loved getting into these scores, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see if I continue listening to this stuff a lot, because, I mean, honestly, I've been really enjoying just sitting around listening to scores for this past few weeks. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm curious to see what happens 2020. Move, you know, where we're, what we're going to be at in next decade, where where the scores are going. What's going to be the social network of the next decade, right? Yeah, that's a really good question, and it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how it affects anything that we do if we're messing around, making some music. I know you're gonna you're gonna make a little bit of music, even if it's you know just something. I'll, I'll just whistle a whistle a tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bet. You better record that tune. And I will. Way to listen to. <laughs>
Hi, this is Wax Tracks Records here on 2909 South Decatur. We buy all your old 45s, your old albums, any type of music memorabilia. Also, we sell music memorabilia, albums, CDs, and a lot. Come on down to Wax Tracks, 2909 South Decatur, or give me a call at 702-362-4300. Thank you very much. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the top 10 film scores of the decade. To the composers and copyright holders of the music clips that I played, please don't sue me. I don't normally play clips on this show, but uh, I just wanted to demonstrate your beautiful work. Uh, Let us know what you thought about the list, and if you had any major ones that we left out, you can, uh, of course, tweet at us at PiecingPod. You can email me directly, bydavidrosen at gmail.com, or join the Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue these conversations about movies all the time, and we would love to have you there talking about movies with us. Uh, So thanks to TJ for being here. We'll have to get him back on again. And uh, I'll, of course, be closing this out in a minute uh, once I'm finished with my spiel with a piece of my music. But uh, even though TJ says he's not making music anymore, you should go search for TJ Cross online and listen to some of his music because he's fantastic and he's got a lot of great music out there. So go look him up. Great music. So uh, that does it for today. We still have the top 10 films of 2019 and the top 10 uh, films of the decade. And then we're also doing a list of top 10 future classics. Movies from the decade aren't necessarily our picks for favorite films, but films we think are going to live on and continue to be talked about 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. So that's going to be a really interesting episode. But those are the other uh, special episodes we have coming up. And other ones we've already done were the top 10 video games, actually top 20 video games, and top 10 TV shows. So a lot of special episodes to wrap up the year. A lot of work putting all these things together. So I hope you're all out there enjoying them. Uh, And as always, thank you so much for listening. Um, We we always love hearing what you think about the show. So make sure to uh, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We we do want to know what you're thinking. So uh, yeah, let's wrap this thing up with a piece of my music. And of course, we're talking about film scores. So might as well close it up with a piece of my music from a film. I think a good one would be from uh, a feature film that I scored like, man, like 10 years ago or something. It was a film called I Did, and uh, it's a really great uh, little independent drama about a, a marriage that's crumbling, which I, I love. Uh, I love working on dark stuff, and it certainly is dark. And uh, I, I think it, it was a great score for me to work on because it really let me like stretch out and work on something big and with a uh, the full scope of the thing. Like it was, you know, all me, beginning to end, ninety minute movie. And uh, so I, I think it's a great uh, a great film that lets me uh, you know show off what I could do. So let's play a piece from. From the film I did and uh, we'll be back with more piecing it together coming up next week
and All Points West. All right, so let's uh, let's let's just cut it there and uh, just keep it rolling, and uh, I'll just cut it out. Uh, let's talk about Star Wars. You're so, you're like a little DJ. I know, right? <laughs> it's amazing. I, you know what's funny? I I talk more like this when I'm doing it with you than I do normally when I'm doing it with other people. I don't know why that <laughs> you're is. Like I'm talking I'm no- to Howard Stern sometimes. I know, like, I, I noticed that the last time we did this, I was like, "Am I? What am I doing? What, what is this character I'm playing?" Like, I, <laughs> it's actually I fantastic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 